CSL, Charlotte Sports Live. All right, welcome in to Charlotte Sports Live. I'm Carla Gebhardt alongside Joe Moriano joining me on the desk tonight. And Joe, I believe you picked a pretty good night to join us. Not too bad, right? We've got home run derby action. Everyone loves the all-star break for those reasons. It's an honor to be here as always. All right, Carla. <laughs> right. But we also got to start by letting you know about a pair of former Panthers that are feeling great too because the franchise is adding some new honorees to its Hall of Honor, aren't they? That's Let's right. Let's get to it. Julius Peppers and Moosin Muhammad will get the call to be immortalized in Panthers history. You know the book on Peppers by now. One of the best Panthers ever to play for the black and blue. One of the best defenders in the NFL ever. He was the 2002 Defensive Rookie of the Year and sits fifth all-time in NFL history with 139 and a half sacks. He made five Pro Bowls for Carolina, nine total for his career. Meanwhile, Muhammad led the NFL in 2004 with 1,400 receiving yards and 16 touchdowns. He's second all-time in receiving yards for Carolina and was the first in team history to put up 2,000-yard seasons consecutively. Two seasons of 1,000 yards or more. That's right. The yeah. announcement comes as no surprise, though, to these fans or to their former teammates. For him to get his flowers is amazing. You know, for a guy like that to get his flowers, he he always poured into me as, as a cornerback. He told me, he was the first guy who told me I was going to make the team. You know, being a seven-round pick, he came to me. He was like, yo, keep doing what you're doing. You're going to make this team. Then a guy like Pep, it's Judas Peppers, man. To have him as a teammate and as a big brother, I looked up to him like a big brother. Like I said, we even, we even came back together, you know, and looked at him as a big brother. And to see him get his flowers is just amazing. So the announcement made today by the team. I right. got to get Carla Gebhardt's first reaction to this. I, I, I'm like captain, and he's Julius Peppers. <laughs> Who else did you expect to be inducted into the, into the Hall of Honor? Uh, that's certainly one of the players that I thought was going to be announced. I know the second one was maybe up for debate, but after they said it was Muhammad, I think everybody kind of understands with you know the era of football that he played in. He had to get in. Eventually, sure. I think a lot of people though were maybe speculating some some younger players, Thomas Senior. You Thomas got seniors there, Luke, Luke Keekley. Yeah. And, and I get the point too that of Luke Keekley might, maybe he's going to go back coaching. Maybe he wants to do some more things with football sure. that could be added to his resume to, to put him in. Those are all guys that I think will eventually be added, but it was good to see. And, and, and I like this. I like this offseason news to give us <laughs> something to talk about while we wait for uh, Panthers training camp. Certainly. And Peppers, as we said, one of the best. You're going to hear his name called. At the end of the year in the playoffs when they announced the um, National Hall of, uh, Hall of Fame football honorees there or nominations. So you'll hear his name there. He'll probably get on Muhammad. As far as all pass catchers go for Carolina, yeah. he's second squarely across the board. No one's catching Steve Smith Sr. We no. know this, but games, targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns. Muhammad is second comfortably with Carolina in history there. So I think he should be. Uh, it's a rightful honor for him as well. That's right. And, of course, they are both going to be honored during a ceremony at halftime during the Panthers' Week 8 game. Circle that on your calendar against Houston, uh, the Texans, on October 29th. That game, of course, will be here before you know it. But training camp, that comes first. And guess what? We're just 16 days away from Panthers training camp down in the very hot Spartanburg, <laughs> South Carolina. My goodness. Camp begins on July 26th. But rookies report several days before that, and our CSL team does as well. We'll begin our Spartanburg coverage starting July 23rd, bringing you the most coverage right here on Fox Charlotte, your home for the Carolina Panthers. And uh, we also cover another team, the Hornets. 
You've heard of them. They're the summer, around. They're, they are around. They're Not in, now, they're in Vegas, They're in Vegas, that's yeah. right. The summer has proved to be quite a challenge for the Charlotte Hornets, who are now 0-4 in summer league play after falling last night to the Lakers. 93-75 to was your final. Charlotte has lost by a combined 62 points across those four games. Hornets second overall pick Brandon Miller has led the way in box score, averaging 12 and a half points per game this summer. Shooting the ball. Is yeah, we're, we've been struggling as a team. I mean, tonight, 9 for 36, um, 25%. I think we haven't had five threes in, in the last game. So four more, again, because we created some better ones uh, in the first half. We got to the paint, we moved it, we swung it, we got some open looks. Um, but yeah, we're, we're not shooting it that great right now. So hopefully we can give them some more reps. We had a good shooting practice yesterday. Tomorrow we'll get in the gym. Let's take a look at the top five picks from the NBA draft right now and how they're faring in the summer league. Brandon Miller averaging 13 points, nine and a half boards per game, shooting just 27% from the field, though. We'll get to this in a minute. That's a problem <laughs> right. amongst all Hornets right now, Carla. The yeah. number one overall pick, Victor Wembenyama, put up 27 yesterday to boost that scoring average to 18 a game and 10 boards. But the Spurs announced today he's going to be shut down for the remainder of summer league. Scoot Henderson, the number three overall pick, just one game in. He had 15 points and five boards, six assists too, but he has a shoulder injury. Portland was satisfied with his debut. And then you have the twins there, Amen and Asar Thompson right now. Amen Thompson out for the rest of Summer League with an ankle injury. Asar Thompson chipping in slightly in all facets with the Pistons right there. So you want to talk about Brandon Miller. Yeah. All eyes are on him in Summer League, and it's... Summer League used to be played in high school gyms, all right? <laughs> yeah. I get it. And now it's blown up into around. something big. Yeah. yeah. But it is a nice preview of things. And, you know, let, let's these rookies and some of these early, uh, early career performers get their beak wet a little bit. But what do you make of Brandon Miller just shooting 27% so far? I mean, you mentioned the fact that this is a really a problem for all of the Hornets right now. But I do like the graphic that we just put up uh, with all the rookies. And, mm -hmm. and I think that kind of shows, I mean, they're, they're, it's summer league, right? And, and they are just kind of getting adjusted to the league. And they're playing with a lot of guys that maybe aren't to the league standard, the caliber of players. And so that's going to affect you know, how they're playing as well. I don't really put too much stock into it. It would be nice to see him shoot a little bit better, as it would for all of the Hornets out on the court. Um, but I'm, I'm not panicking just yet. we got to wait until he gets with some better players. Just a little frustrating, though, when you see the Hornets shoot 30% against the Spurs, 31% right. against the Lakers. They've got a little bit of time left to try and right the ship because you do want to end this on a good note in one way or another. Three more games in Vegas for Brandon Miller and company. Tomorrow night at 8.30, Charlotte takes on the Blazers. Again, possibly without Scoot Henderson because, remember, he missed yesterday's game with a right shoulder injury. We'll see if he gets back out on the court tomorrow. On Thursday, it's the Pelicans and Hornets at 7.30. And then every team in Summer League gets one more game this weekend, but that's all based on standing. So the Hornets will play either Saturday or Sunday to be determined. So we'll see if Charlotte can uh, try and grab a win and improve these uh, this tough shooting performance we've seen the last few days out in the desert. That's right. We will certainly see that. Let's move on to the NASCAR world, though. And William Byron, well, he was on the right side of the rain at Atlanta Motor Speedway last night. We saw some of... Maybe the best racing of the season on this track, but the rain once again getting in the way of this one. NASCAR called this race with 75 laps remaining, and they did so rather quickly, which actually took Byron a minute to grasp the fact that he had actually won this race. I've never had a rain win, so I was like, sure enough, it's 
with me leading it, this isn't going to happen like this. So I'm like, just thinking about what lane I'm going to choose. I think as soon as the caution came out, I asked, you know, what, okay, what lane are we going to choose? Um, I started to get some drops on the windshield. So I was like, okay, we're probably going to get some drops and then it's going to stall and then we're going to go back again. So I just kept thinking that way. And then even when I got out of the car, I kept thinking that way. And eventually when we got over there, I knew it was official. And um, then you start to feel better about it. But uh, yeah, it takes a long time. For me, I'm just trying to stay locked in the race. He's so I, casual after a win. I, I love back. when winners are thinking, get that nice <laughs> surprise of just like, oh, wait, we, are, we did come we out did, of this one? Good. Right? I'm glad. Glad, that, glad it worked out that way. It wasn't too bad at all. And then uh, you look ahead to New Hampshire now, right? Yeah, you look ahead to New Hampshire, but also really quickly, just to yeah. make mention, Atlanta Motor Speedway just got reconfigured, what, a few seasons ago, mm -hmm. and there were lots of complaints because drivers didn't want them to repave the track, but then last night we see some great racing, and so it's like a short memory of, you know, fans complaining about this racetrack, <laughs> and then you get the next-gen car, and it, and it put on a good race, and so I say, I say kudos to NASCAR and kudos to those that really kind of had, a, had the foresight of what AMS could be. They certainly knew what they were doing with the reconfiguration. Very good. Love to see that, and love to see some of those rights, uh, those wrongs be righted, so to speak. When you go ahead to New Hampshire next week, what do you think – uh, who do you look at when you come to that? I read this week Kevin Harvick is tied for the all-time wins there. He's on the farewell circuit right yes. now. Does he get a win to become the all-time leader, breaking the tie between him and Jeff Burton? Yeah, I would love to see Kevin Harvick get a win, obviously lock himself into the playoffs, and you certainly want to see more of him in contention uh, for maybe one more go-round of the title. So, yeah, <laughs> I would certainly look at him and then look at any other player that uh, driver that's trying to, to lock themselves in as well because it's getting a tight in the points race. Yeah, Chase Elliott's still chasing points right now and he no is. one saw that coming uh, pre-injury obviously right. and everything so I'm curious how this is going to go as we get down the stretch here. That's right. All right. Well, Pete Alonzo, he was chasing another home run derby title tonight in Seattle. Would he join Ken Griffin Jr. as the only player to win it three times? we got results from the home run derby. Those are next. And Niners at the next level, a trio from Charlotte Baseball getting drafted today. We'll let you know where everyone is headed. And the high school football season is just around the corner, and teams already well deep into summer workouts right now. Grace Grill and Gabe McDonald join us with a preview of some local teams. It's just ahead here on Charlotte Sports Live. Don't go anywhere. Two local high school powerhouses will be on the biggest stage in the Carolinas to open the 2023 season. We're talking about Providence Day, who will take on South Carolina powerhouse Northwestern out of Rock Hill in the inaugural Keep Pounding Classic set for August 19th at Bank of America Stadium. That game gets underway at 7 p.m. that Saturday night and tickets. Those are still on sale for $5. And speaking of the Chargers, well, everybody's going to be gunning for them this season after they won their second straight title last fall. Our Gabe McDonald has a preview of the squad loaded with future Division I stars as they look to go for a three-peat. It's definitely harder to stay on top of the mountain than climb the mountain. Um, obviously, there's going to be an extra chip on your shoulder when you're climbing the mountain. Um, but realizing this team isn't last year's team. While that is true, the 2023 version of the Providence Day Chargers still has stars all across the board. Despite entering the season with a target the size of Charlotte on their back, the pressure isn't phasing this group. I love the pressure. A lot of these other schools in this area don't think we are what we are, but I mean, at the end of the day, every, every team we played in this area, especially the public schools in this area, we've, hand, we've handled them just fine. Everything for this team starts and ends with five-star quarterback Jaden Davis under center. 
The Michigan commit is coming off a stellar junior season that ended with him being named North Carolina Gatorade Player of the Year. But there's a young man in the trenches who is also becoming a household name. Offensive tackle David Sanders enters his junior season as the number one recruit in the country in the class of 2025. He holds offers from just about every major program across the country, such as Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. A guy's going to be a first-round draft pick one day. That's, that's like my little big brother. Uh, he's my bodyguard. He makes sure nobody messes with me. But now nah, I love Big Dave, his family, and everything he provides for this team. It's that family-like bond that has this program where it is now. And this Charger family aims to be a well-oiled machine once the season gets underway next month. The program's the same, but each team's unique in uh, how they come together chemistry-wise. And then, you know, scheme-wise, really, you know, we'll find out what our kids are good at. And we'll try to focus on those things. The Chargers' quest for a three-peat begins in Uptown at Bank of America Stadium. They'll take on six-time South Carolina State champs Northwestern on August 19th. Gabe McDonald, Charlotte Sports Live. Weddington football is another program with high hopes this season after making it to the state semis last year. Charlotte Sports Live's Grace Grill caught up with the Warriors today. Well, you know, we were right there against Grimsley. Just a couple things didn't go our way. But the Weddington Warriors have a lot going for them this year, and that starts with senior quarterback Tyler Budge. A lot of pieces coming back for this year. You know, anytime quarterback's back, you feel really good. Four starting offensive linemen are back. Uh, you know, a couple secondary guys are back, and, and uh, we're really young in the front seven, too. So uh, to have a bunch of talent in the front seven and be young, I think is good for us this year, also the future. Budge, who is already committed to play at Georgia Southern next year, is poised for a great season. After battling for the starting job last summer, this summer he's been able to focus more on the team than him as an individual. Last year coming into quarterback battle, this year not as much, so it's kind of just building connections with guys like Keenan and the other receivers. Keenan Jackson transfers in from Cuthbertson High School and after Weddington lost its first five receivers from last season, adding a player like Jackson gives this Warriors offense a nice boost. Just want to win. Um, you know, we want to play hard every single day, 9-9-0 and uh, win a state championship. It's the main goal. Uh, we're excited for him. He's been awesome, you know, just coming in and, and doing what we do in, in our program and learning everything and, uh, you know, I think he's going to be primed for a huge year. Weddington will open up the season Thursday, August 17th at home against Cox Mill. For Charlotte Sports Live, I'm Grace Grill. Thanks to Grace and Gabe for that. Well, first it was football, then baseball, and now this guy right here, Tim Tebow, takes on hockey wow. as an owner. Will he be what his franchise needs? We're going to discuss that and more on Quick 6 when Charlotte Sports Live returns. Well, Pete Alonso sadly would not make history in Seattle. The phenom from last season, Julio Rodriguez, continued his tear against Alonso in front of his home crowd with 41 homers in the quarterfinals to knock out Alonso for the second straight year. But it wasn't the hometown kid's year either, which is very crazy. It felt like this was going to be his, but it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He took down Rodriguez in the semis to set up Guerrero and Randy Arena from the Rays for the home run derby finals. Guerrero had 25 in the last round challenging Rosarina in the final at bat of the day and Vladdy holds on to join his father as a home run derby team champion. Not bad. Father-son duo, dinger champs. Meanwhile, the MLB draft continued and it was a big day for Charlotte baseball today as the program sees three players get taken. Wyatt Hudipole, the righty, led the Niners in strikeouts this season. He went off the board first for Charlotte as he went to the New York Mets with the 123rd overall pick in the fourth round. Cam Fisher is the Charlotte sophomore that you know led the nation in regular season homers. He also is a fourth round selection. He'll go to the Houston Astros 
And finally, Jake Cunningham. He actually also played his high school ball here at Ardrey Kell High. He goes in the fifth round to the Baltimore Orioles. So congrats to the Niner, those Niners taking the next step. These five players from the Carolinas also went in the first two rounds of the MLB draft. The ACC Pitcher of the Year, Rhett Lauder from Wake Forest, taken seventh overall by the Reds. His teammates, Brock Wilkin and Sean Sullivan, were taken by the Brewers and Rockies, respectively. And Ace, NC State's Geno Groover drafted 48th to the Diamondbacks. And UNC's Mac Horvath was picked 53rd by the Orioles. All right, well, we are drafting Brian Blakely for our next segment. <laughs> number in one quick overall. Six, number course, one babe. overall. Uh, we owe you a lot of money that we can't pay you right 10 now. Ten million. That's right. That's what All those right. guys are getting. <laughs> Let's put two minutes on the clock. And, Brian, I want to know who would be the next Panther that you add to the Hall of Honor? Well, you got to look right away. Greg Olson, I mean, he's meant a lot to the Panthers. And then, of course, Luke Keekley. Both those guys would be the next guys I think would be up for the Panthers Hall of Honor. All right, Joe, will the Hornets win a summer league game? I hope so. It's tough out there right now. We said this earlier in the show, 30% shooting. That's about the max out that they've had since they played these two games in Vegas. The two games earlier in the earlier summer league in Cali wasn't too great either. We'll see. I'm curious what Bryce McGowan's is going to give and how that'll go for this team. All right, Brian. Tim Tebow was approved to own an ECHL expansion team in Lake Tahoe. Is he going to be a good owner? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's going to be a great owner because he'll bring that passion that he had when he played football. Hopefully he doesn't cry like he did on the sidelines <laughs> when he lost to Alabama that time. But also because he was a player, so he knows what the team will want, and I think he'll give that to him. All right, Joe, today is the anniversary of the U.S. women's national team winning the 1999 World Cup. Which team is better, that 99 team or the 2019 squad? I think you got to go 2019. That was sheer dominance that yeah. we saw a few years ago from them. So I appreciate what 1999 squad gave us, all the drama, the theater, on the home turf and everything. But last, year, or last Cup's squad was definitely the best. USA the favorites, though, heading into this one, which is just in a few weeks. So curious what we'll see there. All right, Brian, the home run derby, that was tonight. I want to know how many home runs could you hit? Today's Brian? Yes. None. In your prime. Prime in my Brian. prime, I might have been able to jack three or four out. That was a line drive hitter. None of that launch angle crap for me. All right. Joe, if you could take the home run derby format to another sport, what skill would you want to see on display? been thinking about this because I, I like the skill competitions in all these major sports. I'm going to go to the MLS, though. All right? Their All-Star game, by the way, is a week and two days away, so go watch that. Their skills competition is team-oriented. I don't want that. I want to see those accuracy shots, the crossbar challenge. I want individual honors for that. Let's have the MLS change it up. I like that. All right, Brian, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Well, I scream, you scream. We know how this goes. We all scream for ice cream. Always. It's on the house. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson treating some kids to ice cream on a hot summer day over the weekend. Certainly up for a QC crown. You can find out what actually makes the cut. That's next. All right, you know what time it is. It is time for our actual favorite segment. We like Quick Six, <laughs> but we love the QC crowns. Don't tell Brian. Uh, don't tell Brian. Don't tell Brian that. Uh, Joe, you're up first tonight. Yeah, we'll go back to some news about the MLB baseball draft that was happening uh, the last few days. We're crowning Corey Avant, the reliever out of Wingate, right down the road from our studios here. He's a D2 College World Series champ from a few years ago, and now he's a member of the Oakland Athletics. He was taken by the A's. 256 overall, that's in the ninth round. He was also 
the highest draft pick in Wingate baseball history, and he's also the first Division II player selected in this year's draft. So congrats to Corey. Congrats to the program there at Wingate. A lot yeah. of success these last few years. A lot of big local names and local guys from colleges getting yeah. drafted today, so that's pretty cool. All right, my QC crown tonight goes to the new Charleston Southern head golf coach. His name is Cham Metz, and guess what, Joe? That's my brother. Oh, this might be one it. of the best crowns I've ever given to date. It was announced earlier today that he's going to coach both the men's and the women's programs. So cool to have him and my sister-in-law, Whitney, in the Carolinas. So, Joe, if you hear me mention CSU golf a lot in the show going forward, well, you've been warned. I'm one of his biggest fans, I'm right? I'm sure you're going to get out on the links with him more, too, now, right? I am. Can't wait. All right, that'll do it for us tonight. We'll see you back here tomorrow night.